MND episode what? 200? 225. 225. With a special guest. Are we recording? <laughs> yeah, we're recording. Hey guys, this is Caleb and... Rhiannon. And Adam. And Kelsey. If you can't tell, we're at the wedding, and uh, this is the first time we're all together. My wife's here, too, but she's not going to want to be on the recording. She's hiding. (laughs) But anyways, so Adam, Uh potatoes, you had to make a big choice. What kind of potatoes did we have for the wedding? I call them funeral potatoes, but cheesy potatoes. Party potatoes, potatoes, fiesta potatoes. Because that's what we were debating what they would be called. Yeah, like, I want to call them funeral potatoes, but everyone's like Adam. You're at a blank and wet. That's yeah. what Fran calls them: is funeral potatoes. Funeral so. potatoes, see? Party potatoes. Absolutely. All the way. I vote party potatoes. Uh, hash browns with sour cream and cheese. And yeah. Something. I'm surprised you like them. You don't like sour cream. The sour cream gets like cooked down and reduced. I'm not a. Cream the guy. potato takes over. The potato takes center <laughs> stage, and the cheesy potatoes. I also was a fan of. Um, the fountain, queso fountain. Queso fountain, I, when it yeah. works, yeah, when it wasn't the chunky. <laughs> it was ambitious. So there's, right? a, yeah. there's a couple times you're like, is that flowing or is it just like a skin of cheese like vibrating <laughs> over there? Let's <laughs> We just ate some. It was, it was delicious and it was entertaining. It was. To, uh, that is what you call, what do you, what do you call them at the Michelin star places and experience? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It was a case I found the experience. experience. Yeah. It kind of looked like the Michelin Man as well. You know, it actually did. Yeah. <laughs> Barnhart Wedding. One Michelin star. <laughs> well, oh thank you. We don't want to take you for long. Well, but, um, Kelsey, what, what are your thoughts on um, the Blade Director leaving? Ooh. I, I don't have comments. No comments? That's all for so, you. can't comment on okay. either. You haven't watched Something it. Something easier. What, what, is your, what are you most looking forward to coming up? Marvel thing. Black Panther. Werewolf by Night. Okay, you got me real excited for that. Yeah. I mean, there's a gift over there. There's a gift over there from Save Daredevil. (gasps) The one that's white and red? The one that's (laughs) white. It's totally from Save... And you're going to like it. I'll just put it that way. So... Should we have an announcement? On this week's podcast, Rihanna said the thing she wants most out of Werewolf by Night... Is your reaction? She's like, I just want to watch it. <laughs> I haven't even gotten the screener yet, man. I'm getting pissed off. I'm like, give me the screen. I'm supposed to review it. It's your wedding. I know. I Disney doesn't give a <laughs> shit. I mean, I emailed the PR. Mickey Mouse hey, said a present. Hey, Blake. Hey, yeah. Hey, Mickey. I'm getting married this weekend. Can I see you? Werewolf by Night? They said, No. You keep tweeting. I'm like, Whatever. Bye. Not till you sign the NBA. guys that they you have to sign contracts right yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh in the contracts you have to initial that says um i will not watch this by anyone i will not watch by an open window where someone can hear it's a bunch of like bullet points um amazing. i'm definitely not getting a screener now as soon as that pops up on my phone i'm dropping what i'm doing <laughs> Later in the wedding, he's like, two See you later. Yeah. Yeah. Adam disappears from I will his wedding. Sit in the corner on my phone. It's only 43 minutes, 48 minutes after credits. Reportedly, 48 minutes after credits. Okay. All right, well, we don't want to take you all yeah. day, but thank you, Adam. Take it Thank you, Kelsey. Take it We'll have to do a post credits We should go around and just interview random guests. What's your favorite? You know what you should do. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, feel like, say, yeah. I feel like on the podcast, 
we need to talk about your music coming in. Oh, oh that, was, that was all me, guys. That was all her. <laughs> that was all her. Pretty proud of it. For the listeners, yeah. what did what yeah. what'd you do? It was the Avengers theme song. Yeah. I liked it. It was very subtle. Exactly. Like, I noticed it only, immediately, but some the of the other guests, yeah. 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 I need like it. All right. All right. Brilliant. All right. Bye. Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. We have Adam, Rhiannon, myself, Caleb. Um, you're already tired of our banter because I probably put the wedding stuff at the beginning of this episode. But nonetheless, hey, how are you guys doing? <laughs> I think I think Adam and I are doing really well. I'm, I, I have everything a girl could want. Yeah, I'm not doing too bad. So Adam, quick update, married mm-hmm. life, good, the same. Perfect, yeah. Okay. It's incredible. <laughs> All is well. Uh, listeners, I, would, can I-, I was just looking so, so, so forward to it. Like, as bad as getting it done, you know, like I just wanted to stop waiting for it and worrying about it. It almost, what it feels like now is January. Right, you you look for the you look to the holidays, and now it's just like oh, you know. But you scheduled it. You scheduled it well because now you get to have all those holidays after this, so it's just one fun thing after another. Oh yeah, man, we're on a tear across all of our uh, our scary movie list, and for long, Christmas is right around. There's two months left in 2022, man, and what the hell. Only two months left in 2022. Time is ticking. Oh my gosh, it's almost over. Mm-hmm. No, two and a half months. You scared me. Two like, and a half. I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to fit all this in? Now, Adam, we should mention, uh, obviously listeners cannot see your shirt, but you're representing Lunchroom Riot. You've got another Kickstarter going right now, Macabre. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, is it cold where you guys are? It's 40 degrees out. Like I saw snowflakes earlier today. <gasps> it's insane yes i have another kickstarter going on kickstarter is everyone's campaigns are are doing very poorly now um so this is the first one i'm actually kind of i mean we're going to release the book come hell or high water but yes uh com. it goes to the 31st um so if you want spooky season comic books you should check it out it's 56 pages so it's a between a comic book and a, and a full-on graphic novel. Yeah. It is the special presentation of Lunchroom Riot stuff. Yep. All right. Let's dive into it. Speaking of that, um, Adam, let's let's start with Werewolf by Night. We'll go sequentially and mm-hmm. well, no, no, no. We need to we need to talk about news real quick. Um again, delays and more delays. Mm-hmm. For people who have not heard, I'll try to make this succinct. Blade got pushed back from November of next year to September of the year after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will not affect the other three movies for next year. It will not affect Captain America or Thunderbolts. But then Deadpool got uh, Deadpool's spot got taken by Blade. So Deadpool is now back to November of 2024, which moves Fantastic Four to February of 2025. 
Secret Wars uh, or King Dynasty stays in place, but then they also moved back Secret Wars to 2026, which was kind of funny because at least as far as we know, that didn't have to happen, but they just went ahead and I guess thought better of trying to put out those two gigantic movies in six months of each other. Um, at this point, yeah. does this even phase you guys when you see delays or? Nah, uh, there's a um, untitled movie somewhere in there too, between Kang and Secret Wars. I think uh, I have. I don't even know what that could be. That got delayed too. But what I, I don't think any of us anticipated them actually actually doing Kang and Secret Wars in the same year. It's just impossible. They tried with Infinity War and Endgame, and it almost killed everyone involved. So I don't see why they do it again. Like the number one thing that I heard from all of that is Blade. Like they couldn't shift any of those in front of Blade. Like I feel like, right? Because Blade is the one that pushed, that then pushed all of the ones after it. Mm. That to me, this says there is something highly significant about Blade that it has to go before everything that's going after it. Well, just to clear up, it it did leapfrog some things. Captain America and Thunderbolts Mm -hmm. are now in front of it instead of behind it. Okay. It says more to the state of Blade than anything, I think. I think they're going to completely revamp it and um, start from scratch. Pun intended. (laughs) Oh, yeah, hey, look at that. I didn't even... (laughs) I didn't put two and two together. Yeah, man. It's, I don't know. Um, it'll be super interesting to see as it turns out, all of the speculation and rumors of that were true. So I'm surprised it got as far as it did um, with as dry and as bland as it sounds. But, um, well, I don't know. They have a, a decent writer on it now and uh, we'll see who they get for director. But yeah, it's crazy that they they got us. They were supposed to start filming right about now, so they had sets built and all that stuff, which they'll probably have to tear down. And wow, whatever, which has happened before. The, the other mm-hmm. time I can think of is uh, when James Gunn got canned on Guardians Three. Mm-hmm. They yeah. were right about ready to film that when that that got delayed. Mm-hmm. So, yep. I think the interesting thing to me is, you know, we've talked over the years, like, ooh, how many movies can Marvel really do? And we've gotten excited about four movies in a year. You know, they keep saying and they keep putting on the schedule that they're going to do four Marvel movies a year. But they're really struggling to make that happen. Like, they 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 had it set for 2021 and it happened, but only because COVID backlogged two of them. And it was supposed to happen this year, and it's been cut down to three. It was supposed to happen next year, and that year has been cut down to three. So I just, you know, what can Marvel handle? Well, I think to some degree, Marvel can handle three movies a year. Like, it does seem like they are struggling to expand their capacity enough to do more, you know. Um, Along those lines, there's also lots of jabber about maybe Spider-Man 4 being scheduled or happening in 2024 i guess um to me this is not particularly like a lot of talking about maybe daredevil being in it and kingpin i don't think any of it's very firm but i also feel like it's kind of non-news like i don't know do, do any of us actually think that 
Tom Holland and crew are not going to be back for another billion dollar Spidey movie. It seems that Sony would make it way too lucrative for them to not want to be. I don't know. There's always those comments from Tom Holland about if I'm still doing Spider-Man when I'm 30, I've done something wrong or something like that, that, that make people think that he wouldn't necessarily want to keep doing it. But I, I can't see Marvel and Sony not wanting to do it and finding a way to make it that Tom wants to do it. Yeah, I always took that as a negotiation tactic. I mean, maybe he feels that way, but he's yet to kind of prove himself as a major movie star outside of Spidey to me. I guess Uncharted did okay, you know, this year, but I don't know. I just, I think Chris, Chris, or uh, Chris, Tom Holland wants to make sure that, you know, he's not a Chris Hemsworth, I think, before he says no to that Marvel money, you know, like find out like what other stuff that you can do. And if you can make money doing other stuff first, those are the only two like news. I, I guess there's been some rumors today that there's some upcoming TV shows that might be moving into a special presentation category, I guess, as we get ready to talk about Werewolf by Night. Is that exciting to you guys? The idea of seeing stuff that's just a one-hour special instead of a six-hour TV show? Considering Werewolf by Night's the best thing Marvel's ever made, yeah, go go for all the special stuff. It's insane to me what they did with Werewolf by Night in 48 minutes that they could accomplish in a six, nine-episode series. You know, it's it's insane. I, if a character doesn't need a series yeah do this thing it's essentially i mean you look at um vintage retro whatever you want to call it movies we're talking dracula dracula was maybe 119 120 uh for a runtime uh frankenstein was even shorter i think frankenstein was 70 minutes um so why not i mean they're essentially going to morph these they're i mean werewolf by night is effectively uh uh disney plus original movie the way it is you know you add two more scenes you're above an hour that's essentially a movie um what um the john wick movies are pretty short hotel artemis is one of the best movies i've seen make use of a short runtime it's less than 90 minutes i think and i loved it uh, i know a lot of people didn't enjoy enjoy that movie but at the same time you know it's not a, a three-hour slog you have to get into and if you don't like it you you waste half the time of anything else so i'd uh, i'd love for them to explore maybe uh you know right around the hour mark uh 75 minutes um like 90 minutes uh, max it would be a perfect special because we're werewolf by night's a character that doesn't need six episodes you know in this case we're talking nova and, and i think they are um potentially realizing or, or maybe realizing that the characters don't need full stories you know unless they're one of the bankable stars um so character like nova yeah do do a nova series give sam or rich their um their origin story and have them pop up in guardians for annihilators or wherever that goes or have them pop up in uh wherever they have to pop up next and, and just use use the special as their own thing as compared to um a six episode series. Rhiannon, do you have thoughts on the, the shorter time frame format? 
I think it's a great way, you know, when we talk about them having so many properties and trying to get to all of them, I think it's a great way to throw in some of this random stuff and some of this, yeah, these characters that maybe can't carry six episodes or don't need a whole movie or um, that just maybe they can't justify a movie budget. I, I think it's a great way to sort of give them a little focus and bring them in. Um, and and yeah, I mean, they did well with Werewolf by what? Well, I can't say it. Werewolf by Night. So, um, yeah, I think that's a great idea. I think it's a, I do think it's a weird thing as far as, I feel like there's a weird expectation game with the specials. Um, as far as it's just a holiday special or it's just the Halloween special. Like, oh, it's not a movie. It's not a TV show. You know, like, I think people almost feel like it's like an extra bonus goodie. And so like, I just think the expectations are smaller. I think people go, what is this? This is new. Maybe it's going to change now that they've successfully done one or two. But I think when you said, oh, they're going to do a Halloween special about werewolf by night, that felt so random and weird and outside of our frames of reference that it had just a lot less expectations than a, a movie or a TV show. And then it was better than a lot of the TV. And so it helped. I just, I think there's the fact that this is not a category in people's brains, or if it is, it's like the star Wars holiday special from like 30 years ago. That was terrible. You know, I I just think it helps them to have that lowered expectation too. Agreed. All right. We'll start to talk about it. Adam, uh, you're clearly very happy. This is, this Mm -hmm. is everything you had hoped it would be. Oh yeah, and then some. I mean, it's uh, they told the story. It was super, super self-contained. There was no um, slow moments. It, uh, there was no extra fat that could have been removed. Um, you know, we got what we needed, and that's about that. You know, we we got enough Jack, we got enough Elsa, and we we certainly got enough Man Thing. Um, and for them to give us that much character work within the span of 48 minutes is they've never done that before. I'm not sure if that's, um, you know, just the format itself, if that's Michael Giacchino, if that's uh, the writers, uh, who was it, Quinn, and I forgot the uh, guy's name, Peter something maybe. Um, Who knows, but I absolutely loved it. Um, Unique, the most unique thing they've ever done uh there there's certainly a couple moments i'm surprised they they let the the project keep in um but yeah man i I loved it perfect uh rated for me the only criticism i have of it is that um it was short you know um like i said if 90 minutes would have been plenty uh jacino said yesterday today uh two weeks ago i don't know um that there were two deleted scenes two or three deleted scenes so maybe if they put those back in um but at the same time he said that the project was was specifically developed to be under an hour so yeah they they made that it was uh i think it was uh i expected a lot from it especially after the trailer and i I still think it over delivered yeah i think um you say like, how can they do that much character work in that little time? I think some of it is the simplicity of the premise. Like a lot of Marvel stuff lately has been like, 
all right, we got a multiverse and we got to explain the multiverse and we got to explain variants and we got to explain how people jump between them or we've got time travel and we got to talk about quantum suits. And this one was just delightfully simple. It's like, oh, there's monsters. There's people that hunt them. And we're going to throw six of them into a maze and let them kill each other until one comes out alive. Like, to me, that premise does not take more than five seconds <laughs> to explain to anybody. And so you don't have to mess around with plot stuff. You can just get into it, which I think really helped us out a lot. And I mean, it, yeah, it, it's a super easy to understand plot. And it still had surprises. It had like a lot of little twists in that 50 minute offering. Rhiannon, how did you, I mean, stylistically, or did you enjoy it? Like, it, it certainly is a big swing for them. Did the like retro stuff work for you? Yeah, yeah, I thought it worked fine. Um, I watched it at like 8 a.m. So I probably didn't see it, you know, as intended by the director. Like I want to watch it again, like at night when it's dark and everything. Um, But I enjoyed the stylistic choices. I enjoyed, it wasn't trying to be anything bigger than it was. It was a fun little spooky show that that hit hit well that did what it was meant to do and it wasn't trying to be anything super big and there again yeah the one episode the one episode with low hype just i mean one it didn't have all the movie hype where we had trailers for it forever and you know interviews for weeks and all of the stuff that goes with it and it didn't have the episodic hype of well, what cameo are we going to have next week? You know, it, the the self-contained easiness of it, like, really was relaxing and enjoyable. And you could just be in that moment, see where it goes. Um, and, and yeah, the black and white had purpose to it. It um, Overall, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I felt like Giacchino did a really awesome job as far as, like, I'm not enough of a cinema student to, like, know it or understand all of the language but i've watched enough old movies to know that the way the camera moved and just little things about like angling and lighting it wasn't just like oh we're gonna do this black and white like there were a lot of loving overtures to old movies a a very little thing like the opening shot where the door is opening in front of jack and the door just like goes so slow I mean, it's like a good 20 second shot, like slowly revealing his body. That's something they would have used to do back in the day that nowadays, like you hardly have anything for more than three seconds, you know, on, on modern editing. And so just like that pacing and the way that they lit faces and everything, um, almost everybody I've talked to the shot where it's her like watching in horror as like his shadow, like changes into the werewolf all of that stuff it just it is clear that giacchino loved the thing he was trying to to send up to it wasn't just like a cheap veneer it really was somebody who adores a certain era of filmmaking that was trying to do it in a you know in a very in a modern but still like very respectful to the the history kind of way yeah that was uh entirely practical too which is which is insane 
I wish they, uh, that's the one, that's another thing. I wish they didn't put that in the trailer because that would just would have been absolutely bonkers. It's still bonkers the way it is, but if we didn't get that, uh, that look on um, what else? Oh, we got a, uh, we got a hallway fight. <laughs> An earnest one take hallway fight. We did. It was awesome. Oh no, no, I missed that detail, but. I'll be watch it. Oh yeah, just when he's taking out all the guards after he's werewolfed, and the, okay. they do the blood splatter onto the camera, the digital blood splatter on the camera. Okay, okay. Uh, there was a lot more man thing in it than I thought. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like when it started, I assumed that the that they were going to transform Jack and he was going to be the monster. And so then when man thing showed up, even though I knew it was in the trailer, I was like oh okay that's cool like it was not something i expected um and just a brilliant way i mean that's a really weird complicated character they did a perfect job of giving us just enough to like understand his his deal but not like overwhelm us with information i I think that's the other thing is there's a lot of pregnant moments in this like when jack talks about once before he's looked into someone's eyes to like imprint their memory before it's like, well, what does that mean? Was that another girl? Is he talking about Ted? Like what? I just thought that that was a moment that like gives him a certain sorrow to his character, but they don't have to explain it all. They didn't have to flashback it. They didn't have to do the next to last episode of the series to give us the background of what mm-hmm. that was, you know? Um, and I just think that's smart to layer a character that, you know, has got some mystery to them, but also has some depth from those mysteries. Adam, do you have hopes of where this goes or how it goes? Or do you have thoughts about what the next steps should be as a lover of, of the horror Marvel stuff? Do, do I, I mean, hopes of everything, man. I don't know. And that's the other thing. How I don't believe this tied into Blade in any shape, way, or form. Um, part of me has a belief that they're going to keep like the this is splitting hairs but it, they're going to keep the supernatural from the monsters and they're just going to kind of keep the monsters in their own world for now um of course that doesn't make sense when um i mean we had got a vampire and she hulk um blades coming out so i don't know um i would be very surprised if there's not another halloween special next year if it's uh man thing if it's someone else who knows um werewolf by night hat was in development forever but by the time they started filming um they filmed it in 17 days um very little visual effects work um i mean compared to compared to everything else but um yeah i mean i would man thing would be a great special i think out of the three main characters here i think elsa probably has the brightest future in in the franchise i think she'll probably convert into the the lead of this you know marvel's dark universe or or something of that nature um i have good feelings about getting a character like um the living mummy because the living mummy was going to be a part of hulu's adventure into fear and they pulled that show um sooner or later we're getting ghost rider that's uh, a little tidbit I have never heard. Is that like a little special uh, morsel for the uh, podcast? 
No, I've told you. I know I've told you that before. Oh, you've heard this, Rhiannon? I thought we've talked about it. Mm, yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure. I've Maybe, yeah, I thought I we had know. talked about it. I'm sure there's a uh, listener or two that does not know this, however. That's fascinating. Living yeah, money. It was, um, it was going to be who was well, the Hellstrom siblings, Ghost Rider, Glyph, and Encanto the Living Mummy. Okay. And then they were going to cross over and adventure into fear. Um, so I could see that. I mean, Ghost Rider. So when they started interviewing writers for Daredevil, they started interviewing writers or getting pitches from writers for Nova and for Ghost Rider. Um, so, I mean, there's really two options. They have a writer that's already working um, or they're just not doing that anymore. You know, Marvel Studios, believe it or not, does not make everything they develop. You know, they're, they're sitting out an Iron Fist script that they wrote alongside Doctor Strange 1. You know, and I think Black Panther 1 was even in that batch too. There's a Power Pack movie, a Runaways movie, um, scripts that just fizzled out for one reason or another. So does Ghost Rider um, need his own series or his own movie? Uh, I guess out of any other Marvel horror character, he's probably the one that would get his own movie or, or television show. But at the same time, I don't think they need to. You know, they could do another... Um, I'm writing a spec piece on this. They could do um, uh, a special that's Ghost Rider fighting his way through like Hotel Inferno. And that would be similar to what they did this year. You know, he's trapped, Mephisto trapped him and he has to fight his way through, you know, he has to fight like Blackheart and a few other people or, or something, you know, make it kind of similar to Iron Fist's foe tournament <laughs> in season one, you know, um, something like that. But yeah, man, it's it's just the right. I mean, there were some legitimately spooky moments. Um, they showed um, an apparent angel, maybe Azrael. How do you say that, Azrael? Yeah, something like uh, that. Um, with a sword sticking out of her head. Caleb, did you show your kids this? Yeah. So we did. You with were the fine with that. One. Okay. Uh, we did it with the oldest one. It was fine. We haven't done it with our second oldest yet, but. You know, I mean, it was, it's some, the black and white is amazing. The black and white really does like cut down the visceralness of it in a lot of ways. They got to do all sorts of blood splatters and stuff, you know, yeah. where it's like, okay, well, that's, you know, it's not the freezing bullets or whatever the hell you want to call it from Agents of the Shield. That's blood. Okay. And that man's throat just got sliced because blood splattered everywhere. And she's got a sword sticking out of her forehead. I thought it was brutal enough the way it was and then they panned back for that little quick like freeze frame stuff and i'm like okay damn yeah but yeah but keep why not keep it black and white you know um with blade i would say they might even they don't reuse visual effects assets but um blades vampires are probably going to go the same exact way as man thing kills did i guess the burning that's how they went in the blade trilogy so what so why not you know that's how we'll get um all those vampire kills um and blade without without doing an r rating no yeah man, I... give us give us any of the the horror characters man i haven't kept up as well as i should i mean giacchino sort of helped drive this though right like he sort of had it was, the interest in it. it was his idea he was uh he just said in an interview that he was uh he was on the disney lot for a meeting 
and uh, Feige was walking to some meeting and they crossed paths in a parking lot and they happened to be going to the same building. They weren't even there for the same meeting, whatever. They just crossed paths and, and they had previously talked about um, Jaquino directing something and Kevin just flat out asked, you know, what's, give me a list of stuff you're interested in. And apparently he said the only thing he was interested in was Werewolf by Night because that's the one comic he collected growing up or, or bought from the drugstore. Um, and that was pre-pandemic, and they uh, started talking to writers right uh, at the beginning of 2020, and then the fan and delayed I do f- until. It's crazy to think it filmed this year, yeah, you know, and released I, this year. I think it's fascinating though, because we talk about Marvel building different parts of the universe, and like where mm-hmm. are they going with the horror universe? It is interesting to note that both this project and Blade came to Feige and not the other way around. Like Giacchino mm-hmm. came to Feige with Werewolf by Night and Mahershala Ali came to Feige with Blade. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like the horror stuff was not front burner for Feige. And mm-hmm. then it just kept like happening. And he was like, oh, geez, I guess we got to run with it. Like, and I wonder if that mm-hmm. even is affecting Blade is that really he was not, this was like a phase six, phase seven thing in his brain that has been pushed forward by creative people that want to just make it, you know? Well, I mean, look at horror movies, you know, across the board, they're not the billion dollar movies. Um, the uh, the best horror box office um, is probably the worst Marvel movie ever, right? I mean, sure you have your, I don't even know, I think it- Your Blair Witch- yeah or it i think it just did gangbusters but outside of that you know i mean like the sinisters of the world even like the black phone by the way if you haven't seen it the black phones is one of the best movies released this year um i love that uh but and that's the thing horror's never been the um a huge box office draw um could marvel change that maybe but at the same time i have no desire to see well not desire i have no like i'm not going to rush getting werewolf by night in any other property you know like i don't need to see man thing in captain america and captain marvel and scarlet witch on screen to get you know it's why you know i i don't need that i would not be opposed to them just keeping the monsters um to themselves and, and just uh and sticker wars have man thing and werewolf by night pop up like wong did you know yeah that type of role i can see i could see it really working if you had a movie where it was almost like the like the bloodstone maybe is like the gadget they need for some bigger thing and Mm -hmm. so like 30 minutes of a movie is going to the nexus of all realities and trying to steal it off of elsa and like showcasing it all that stuff in a piece of like an Avengers movie, but, um, but that's the only way I really need it. Like I, I don't need werewolf by night to be a, a key character in secret Wars. <laughs> I would imagine at some point Disney plus is going to want its own Avenger, you know, its own end game or its own infinity war, or its own defenders, you know? So I maybe mean, this is yeah. it. Maybe, um, I don't know. Disney plus should have its own event. You know, why not? I think the thing that would make sense actually though, is to have a secret wars movie that has like a battle world concept Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And in the same way that you had three or four different teams in Endgame going to get different stones, you set up Secret Wars that there's several different Avenger squads going to yeah. different like worlds and battle world. And mm-hmm. one of them is a creepy spooky world. And one of them yeah. is a intergalactic kind of thing. And one of them's a magic thing. Like uh, to me, that's where it probably fits in. But And that's the, the other thing about Secret Wars, man. I'm not convinced it's just going to be one movie, right? What's uh, Secret Wars could be its own phase, <laughs> essentially. You know, I wonder if, because we don't know anything about 2025 shows, right? Or 2026? No, we've got two. Well, we don't know anything about any shows in 2025. We have Fantastic Four and King Dynasty in 2025. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, Daredevil's the furthest show we know out, I think, confirmed, which is yep. early 2024. And then Wonder Man's coming after that. And maybe The Ten Rings or something like that, if it's not converted to a special. Yeah. Um, so who knows? Maybe they do a couple. Maybe there's a Battle World series. Maybe you know they do replicate that huge event with a couple of tie-in things, or maybe they do half a dozen specials or something. You know, leading up into. Can you imagine that? Like five specials, one a week, leading up to the Secret Wars. You know, and then release a box set and have it be the first MCU Disney Plus stuff released on physical media or something. I I think you could totally see. I don't know. I think I could see Disney going from three or four shows a year to one or two shows a year that maybe are a little longer and then four or five specials on top of it, you know, and it, uh, you know, a special a month still gets them the same subscriber bump that they need, you know, they want if they do a show. So Uh, we could see that as early as 2024, right? Because Daredevil's 18 weeks. I mean, I'm sure it's going to have like a three, four episode premiere. Um andor had three right yeah andor is pretty clear it seems to be andor is doing chunks of three it'll be interesting to see if they do that as well like there's three three episode arcs on andor so Mm -hmm. so um hey man secret wars (laughs) that's the thing i was joking and the uh i told uh i told my boss i'm like man i'm not going to be surprised if we don't get an x-men movie by 2030 and that slowly might be possible yeah they're taking their time uh-huh. all taking right time. we got to keep moving if we're going to get there rhiannon i know we have not talked much to you today so uh, we got to talk about daredevil how uh we have not talked since she hulk had daredevil we'll talk about finale too but how did you feel about Matt's return in She-Hulk? Um, I I think it was great. Um, I I think a lot of people I I believe that some of the clips that they released in advance on their own were put a lot of people on edge and set expectations in a weird place. Um, but when we actually saw him and we saw how he was. There's a quote somewhere from Charlie Cox where he's like, you know, where else, you know, if, if, if we are going into this new series and Daredevil is going to be coming back, why not play around with the character in these one-offs to see if it works, to see what, and, and I think it did. I think his character worked. I think they did a great job. I think it was amazing to see him. Um, I'm sitting over here photoshopping um jennifer walters into all of the old safe daredevil group photos because she is one of us um 
but I just, I think they did a great job. It was, it was, I'm happy all around. I mean, there was some stuff that like, when it came up, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're doing that. But, but in the end, like as a whole, I think it was wonderful to have him in the series. Adam, thoughts about Daredevil before we get to the finale? Perfect. That's probably the best episode of the series um for all sorts of reasons both for jennifer and for for daredevil um no i thought it was great i um i really didn't dive into the discourse at all i'm sure there's plenty of discourse there isn't a ton of negative discourse there's i mean the very few people that like popped up and are like they ruined dude they're they've been very much buried by everybody else from my view you know like have a whole bunch of people blocked so (laughs) yeah i you know i was listening to a podcast the other day that really helped helped me understand what i was trying to think about daredevil and it was in the podcast they're talking about how much one of them didn't like the old sam raimi spider-mans and the reason they didn't like them is they said peter is just constantly sad and losing people like it's just funerals and um umbrellas and rainstorms and he said what happened and it makes sense is that a lot of the truly great spider-man stories are like the death of gwen stacy or like something where something tragic happened to spidey but they're great spider-man stories because there was 84 issues of him being a fun-loving wise-cracking superhero and then something tragic happened. So that issue really stuck out. But he said when they made these movies, they just did all the storylines that stick out for being tragic without any of the fun stuff to make that different. And so he just becomes sort of a dour, sad character. And I think the same could be said of Daredevil. Like some of Daredevil's best stories are when Kingpin really puts him on the ropes. But to me, those stick out because he had other fun adventures in between those. And so what I like about She-Hulk is that we got to see him have a fun adventure. He doesn't need somebody in his life dying. He doesn't need to be like crying on the floor. Like he doesn't have to have his life ruined. We can just see him do fun superhero stuff. And if you do enough of that, it will elevate it when he does have, you know, Karen page get killed by bullseye or whatever they're going to do, you know, like that's, to me, there, there's something about that we need to see superheroes just superheroing, particularly if we're going to have 18 episodes of it. Like, let's not start with like dour sadness episode one. Let him get into his routine for six or seven episodes, you know? Yeah. And this isn't, I mean, they even had some throwaway stuff. It was very interesting what they were very careful to say and not say, but they. It, you know, him saying he has done a million warehouse fights. This isn't the same Daredevil that, you know, did. We didn't see a million warehouse fights in those three seasons. He's gone on. He's done some stuff. He's matured. I mean, to me, everything about this is this is a Daredevil as many as eight years down the road um, from where we last saw him. I think we did the math. Um so he is a different character he is in a different place and this doesn't mean that he can't go back to a dark place i think that's a misconception 
about depression overall and or you know because daredevil is a character that fights depression that is a thing that is consistent throughout the comics and throughout the netflix series and people expect somebody that is depressed to always be depressed to always be down to never be smiling never be happy never you know at the family cookout laughing and that is not what it is so i um you know it was good to see him in this place wherever he is mentally underneath it all i have i did um you're talking about like looking back and comparing it to netflix version Uh, there was a weirdness to me that twice he got asked about his firm and twice he just said oh i have a firm in hell's kitchen because like if he had said nelson and murdoch people would have taken that one way and if he had said nelson murdoch and and page uh people would have taken that a different way and so yes. it seemed very specific that they did not let him talk about what the name of his firm is, you know? Right. He did in episode eight, and this is going to be sp- full spoilers through the right. finale. Um, in episode eight, he did talk about we, like the firm is not just yep. him. It yep. is not him working in his living room. There is right. more than one person in the firm. And so yeah i think they just really good job skirting around that and i joked a lot that when um that that there was no that they had to be very careful with showing any skin we could not have had a full out like morning after scene with him in the bed because everybody would have been there looking at every single scar on that guy's body lining them up there would have been one missing and it would have been like oh he's not the netflix matt murdoch because he doesn't have that scar on his left shoulder it would have been forearm gate all over again from the spidey trailer right (laughs) yeah yeah so like next time like as as you're watching it like they show so little skin so that they didn't have to place the scars that's my that's my headcanon on all of that like he's always we he's always but he danced around confirming or denying any of that stuff All right. Well, let's jump into the finale a bit as well. Um, that finale was not what I was expecting in any way, shape, or form. I mean, it was it was fascinating. I mean, it was bizarre. Again, full spoilers. We haven't seen it. Uh, did it work for you guys? Did you enjoy just how crazily fourth wall breaking they went? I absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, I think everything about how they did that finale undoes my complaints from earlier in the season. I mean, I still think episodes six and seven were off and not great. Um, But even like Titiana had no purpose or Titania having Tatiana and Titania has been very confusing. Anyways, Titania having like very little purpose and just sort of being there. Like I, the fact, I I mean, Jennifer Walters was me in this episode. She just went in. She was like, your endings of these series sucks. I don't want this to be what it is. I just want these things and this and to smash Matt Murdock. And I have never related to a character more in my life. (laughs) 
Adam, did you uh, did you enjoy the way they kind of jerked us around there in that final, the finale? Sure, but now they can at least have an excuse for the finale being so damn messy because it was messy by design. Whatever. Yeah, I thought the finale was quite disastrous story-wise, but um, whatever. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, I, I know it's a nod to the John Byrne comics and, and all that good stuff, but sure, man. It was cool. They're cowards for not putting Kevin Feige in there. You you kind of dropped about a month ago. You thought Feige was going to be in it. What, so were you surprised when it wasn't actually him? Uh, hmm. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. I think, I mean, they had the actual writers in there. So yeah. uh, whatever. Good for them. You know, do they get residuals now? I don't know. <laughs> Some of them had lines. I want, but Jessica, did Jessica Gao say anything? I know another, one of the other, two of the other writers spoke a lot more. I wonder if those were like SAG actors or or something, you know, and the writers couldn't speak Hmm. because of residuals or royalties or something. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. It's still hilarious. They actually filmed in the Marvel Studios offices. Um, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, it, it it was the perfect ending for that show. But I mean, I didn't it didn't um, excite me. I preferred many other episodes more. Like even the uh, uh, retreat episode, I absolutely adored. Well, yeah, because you go to these because you want to see those big fights and that big spectacle and all of that. I. I think this show wasn't for the normal audience. The show was for me and I I enjoyed it. I've struggled some with when I first watched it this morning, I really liked it. I thought it was really funny. I, I, I have liked it a little less the more I thought about it. And I guess the way I've been thinking is like, this show is very actively like, criticize like the toxic parts of the fandom and i'm okay with that i do wonder if at some point you go further than like you go past criticizing the toxic fandom and you just go to criticizing your audience like i think you could read this episode and you know i want to be more charitable than this but i think you read this episode is you moron you watched eight episodes of this show caring about the plot the plot doesn't matter ha 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 like it seems an odd thing to do to the people watching. Oh, you wanted this plot resolved? Well, you're a moron for wanting that. Like, no, I actually would have liked the like all the references to her blood and making like a syringe that could pull her blood. Like the idea that that was all just a big joke to pull out from under the audience's feet at episode nine. I don't know. I don't know if I love that. Cause I think it moves from being self-deprecating to be audience deprecating. And I just, I don't know, but then I, it was so audacious. I loved that part of it. So it's just been, I don't know. I've been playing tennis in my own mind about like, did I like this or did I not like this? I, 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 I see what you're saying there, but I liked it. <laughs> like, yeah, I see what you're saying. 
but I don't care because I got what I liked. Well, and certainly what I would say is the self-aware parts are great. And the ability of Feige to like make fun of himself. Because I mean, really, this was like putting on full display every criticism of Feige and the Marvel sort of method and Marvel way of making stuff. Like the degree to which the show allowed Marvel to poke fun at itself and acknowledge some of the things it does. I I give them full credit, you know, for that. Um, there just is a point at which I think when you rewatch this, there will be scenes where you go, oh, that's just a setup scene so that I can feel like a dummy down the road. Or like, it's just a setup scene for something that won't matter. You know what I'm saying? Um, all the, even the Hulk Sakar stuff, like, I mean, we kind of got to pay off to it, but not really. Like, there was all sorts of things that they made us think by writing it in the way TV shows are written would be important that ended up just not being important, you know? And I, I see there's a message to that. It's just, I'm curious how it'll feel on a rewatch, you know? I'd rather have it in an intentional way than like a Ralph Boner. Like, I found Ralph Boner and all the little pieces that were laid in WandaVision to be much more insulting than this that was kind of like, yeah, we're heading all here. And because there was the overarching message of her being in control and her concluding her narrative, not the creation of a new Hulk or Hulk's narrative and all of that stuff. Um, so I, I find it less insulting and maybe on the rewatch, I will feel differently, but first time through, I find it less insulting than like the Ralph Boner type stuff. Yeah. But Um, like I said, I definitely can see, I mean, this is definitely a story that was geared towards me more than maybe some of the traditional Marvel audiences. Well, and I think the message that they're giving, which I'm okay with, is like the things that went on in her personal life and her inner struggle to sort of accept who she is, is the really important stuff and the superhero stuff is periphery. And I think that's something that Stan Lee would have told you. I mean, when you look at old interviews, Stan always talked about how the characters were more important by based on who they were under the mask than who they are, you know, when they put on the mask. And so I think that's, uh, that's all fine. It's just, uh, it's just a very fascinating, I just think it recontextualizes the show in really interesting ways. And like Adam said, it's interesting that it gives them an out and I'm not sure if I'm happy to give them that or not. Like there'll be certain elements that we say, like even a few weeks ago, Rhiannon, you were like, I'm a little concerned about them not like bringing this to a conclusion and like how these storylines are going to wrap up. And now they give themselves the excuse of, oh, that's because they were never meant to wrap up. And we knew that at the end, we were just going to fourth wall break it. So we didn't have to bring it to an end. You know, like it, whether that's cleverness or an excuse to not have to fix stuff is, is fascinating, you know? Yeah. And as far as like plot lines that, that don't get wrapped up, I, um, I mean, like, I feel like Todd, getting or you know somebody getting the whole juice like we could see that from a mile away i think like just like the dude that was there that was one of the wrecking crew 
and her still just acting like he's totally trustworthy and everything um i don't know there's other stuff that bothers me more but yeah yeah, i get it and the guy that the guy who actually did the espionage and you know like videoed her and all that stuff yeah the fact that he got no comeuppance i don't think he even appeared in this episode that was a little sad to me i would like to see him at least get cuffed you know yeah well i don't care because daredevil literally fell from the sky and went to the family picnic (laughs) it's true in weird flannel yeah it does kind of make me sad because knowing daredevil they're going to break up soon like something is going to happen to ruin their relationship quickly he's just there for a week caleb he's just there for a week yeah i mean granted he can screw up a lot of the stuff in one week but he's just there for a week and yeah considering he fell from the sky i was impressed he even had his glasses so that was totally uncle tucker's flannel shirt yeah Um, if you told me the perfect stranger guy was gonna have a scene where he tried to probe matt murdoch's ability to afford having children with she hulk and it's not something i would have saw coming at the beginning of the show yes any other thoughts uh either of you like as we wrap up She-Hulk, thoughts about if we want more of it, if they're going to get more of it, where we go from here, all that kind of stuff. I definitely want more of it. I definitely enjoy this character. I enjoy what happens through the fourth wall breaks. Um, it makes me excited for what they might do with Deadpool with the fourth wall breaks. Um, if If Deadpool doesn't also request Daredevil, in his series through a fourth wall break i will be sad um i i overall right now i'm happy with the whole series and just on cloud nine from what we got and very happy with how they wrapped it up uh even if it isn't clean um and i definitely would like more adam Yeah, man, more Marvel. Why not do it? I don't. Yeah, sure. Why not? I a part of me did suspect them uh, pulling a, a Loki season two reveal with this, but um, I don't know why I expected that. But uh, yeah, I have. I would guess her next appearance is going to be Born Again. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know where um, she could pop up between now and then uh captain america new world order but i think that's after what uh so what eventually what happened in the the series like what's actual canon like does todd's people still have her blood uh there's a lot of loose ends there of what is actually canon and what is not and how many universes they might have created I feel like if I ask that question, someone will just say on Twitter, you're the kind of idiot this show is made to mock. So yeah, <laughs> like, I feel like asking that question is like something the writers do not want us to do at all. You know? I even saw a theory today that the K and Kevin actually stands for Kang and that the Kevin that's controlling the MCU is actually a Kang creation that's controlling you know, obviously the universe as we are seeing it and that She-Hulk actually just like 
came way closer to the creator of the universe than she thought. Hmm. There's I, a lot I, of theories. I did think it was funny when Scar showed up at the end that um, it almost felt like they got a note, like in the show, you need to introduce Scar. And they were like, okay, we'll do it in the most basic, ridiculous way possible. Like we won't even hardly mess with it. It'll just, it'll just be there, you know? But that suggests to me, I and mean, we've heard all sorts of rumors. So many scoopers think that World War Hulk is coming and only scoopers have talked about it. I can't help but think that there's something going on with the universal contract and Marvel's getting ready to put leader and Hulk and scar and she Hulk and probably bring back Betty Ross and make her harpy. And, you know, like I feel like world war Hulk is coming, but. I would not be surprised if it's not, and it's folded into new old order. Oh, you think like, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, at some point there was, I mean, they had two writers and there was a point in the development of it where um, the writers kind of switched focus one uh, or switched roles, I should say, and one got a uh, upper hand in developing the script and storylines involved with the movie. So there was kind of a change in direction a little bit with that, but that's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. If there was something with World War War Hulk, it's I would guess they I would have assumed they would have um announced it by now. Who knows? That's interesting. I could almost see it since where... the I mean since that original scoopage, we haven't heard anything whatsoever. I'd be fascinated if the premise of New World Order is stopping the leader and they like recruit the Hulks to help them. And then somewhere along the line, they beat leader and something happens to where Hulk then decides to take over leader's empire somehow, you know, and then uh, becomes the, the surprise bad guy of the third act. I mean, that could be, to me, it's just a logical way for that to play out, but. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the untitled movie and they haven't announced it because like you said, contract issues. Yeah. All right, guys, anything else about either of these things before we wrap up? Excellent. Thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. Thanks for supporting us all the ways you do. Um, I think we'll, I hope we'll be back before Black Panther. We need to be back at least once before Black Panther. But um, yeah, we'll be back. Talk to you more. We'll see you later. We're here with Adam's dad. Yes. Adam's dad. Randy. Oh, Love and Thunder. Thor, Love and Thunder. What did you think of Love and Thunder? It was good. Kind of corny, but, you know, (laughs) I like it when they add some of that comedy in there with Thor and stuff. Sports on the second watch. It's added. Sports on the second watch. (laughs) So what's your your favorite Marvel thing? I don't know. Well, I collect comic books and stuff, too, but... uh, I don't know. Guardians, Guardians of the One? Probably. I like Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. Groot happens to be my favorite little guy. Oh, okay. So, I, like, I like Groot. Also a big Punisher fan. Big Punisher fan, yeah. Uh, does he know that Burnthal might be back? I don't know. Yeah, I saw something on I don't get on much, but I see some stuff about yeah. Frank. You don't mess. He was a Frank. Punisher fan before the blue eye or the blue line stuff. <laughs> Let's get that out of the way. Before all the, uh, 
before the Nazis took it over. He was. He's a classic Punisher fan. <laughs> One that actually knows what Punisher yes. stands for. Yeah. Oh, I have to go. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. 